ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Wednesday, June 8th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. The text line is open as well, 304-396-TALK. That's 304 396 8255. We've got two guests I'm excited to talk to today coming up in the next few minutes. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. You know what that means. It means from the Charleston Dirty Birds, Lindsey Webb. I've got Adam Williams coming in studio. I'm not used to that. So that's what we've got coming up on the show this hour. We will, again, get your phone calls and text him. I got to start off, though, with some uh, some pretty disappointing news. Twitter, of course, the press conference of the world. Will Ulmer making the announcement today that he's hanging it up. That was that was surprising for me. He, he said on Twitter today, quote, There comes a time in every football player's life where they must hang up their cleats, and for me, that day is today. This was a decision I made after spending hours praying on the subject. I'm extremely grateful to the Buffalo Bills organization and Coach McDermott for giving me the opportunity of a lifetime. Once I reached the pinnacle of organized football, it became glaringly obvious to me that there are much more important things in life than the game of football. To all the coaches that spent time working with me, I am eternally grateful. You all have played a huge role in molding me into the man I am today. I would also like to thank my family and support system for the endless support in pursuing my dreams from the time I could walk. Without them, I would never have made it. I look forward to being a more present son, brother, boyfriend, and a happier person altogether. So he's deciding what's best for him, and I respect that completely. I I hate it, though, because I would have loved to have seen more Will Ulmer on the football field, but I don't hate it at the same time because whatever makes Will Ulmer happy, I'm 100% with. you got to take care of yourself sometimes. That's It's a very hard decision sometimes to make to actually take care of yourself. That I speak from experience. Genuinely. It's very hard to take care of yourself. It's very hard to make the decision to take care of yourself. It's very hard to allow yourself to take care of yourself and not do things out of obligation, out of, okay, well, they'll be disappointed in me, or that's what I'm expected to do. You know, so many lists of things here. So that is uh, that is sad for me to hear because I wanted to see more Will Ulmer, on, Will Ulmer on the football field. But at the same time, he's doing what's making him happy, so I'm 100% with him all the way on that. NBA Finals coming up tonight. We've got it for you right here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. The Warriors even this one up. It's now one apiece. That was after the 107-88 victory on Sunday. Boston wins the first game of the series, 120-108, to and come from behind fashion. So this one's going to be interesting tonight. Boston's going to play host in game three. 
We've got it for you. Tip-off set for nine. We go on the air with the pregame coverage at eight right here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. Now, yesterday, yesterday, I'm not surprised by the outcome. Game four of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Tampa Bay Lightning get the win over the Rangers 4-1 to even up the series. Two games apiece. Uh, Philip Heedle went out at one point. Ryan Strom. That was a question there for how he was performing. But you lose Philip Heedle, and I thought, okay, that's uh, that's not good. That's not good. He has been anchoring that kid line, doing a lot for the Rangers there. He should be back, so we'll find out what happens. Game 5 is coming up. It's now going to be a best of three here. Two of those games are at MSG. The Rangers, ever since losing that overtime match against Pittsburgh, have been solid at home. And this has been a series, home team wins. Home team has control. I don't know what it's going to look like next round for either one of these teams, depending on the outcome of this series, but home team has had the advantage so far. Rangers also have been in this position before. When it gets tough, game five, six, and seven, that's when the Rangers really start showing up. So we'll see if the Rangers got enough gas in the tank to keep it going. It's back in New York. We'll have game five for you coming up. That's tomorrow right here on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 13.40. Uh, we have Pirates baseball coming up tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. Pirates lost last night to the Tigers, 5-3. to three. And then again today, 3-1. So it's a two-game series, and the Tigers sweep. You know who's happy about that? Storm Tracker 13 meteorologist Spencer Atkins. That's who's happy about that. That's who's happy right now about that. You know who's not happy about that right now? Our in-studio producer, Christian Palmer, not happy about that. Spencer's a bigger deal, Christian, sorry. Storm Tracker 13, meteorologist of, of the century, your friendly face on the TV, he's happy. Uh, Pirates are back on the road. Oh, this is going to be tough for them. I like how you put this. It's going to be a tough receipt. Again, Christian's in charge of a lot of the notes on the show. It's going to be a tough road stretch for them. Eight games in seven days. I mean, come on, it's baseball. It's baseball. They play every day. It's not going to be tough. Take it on the Braves and then uh, take it on the Cardinals. Uh, So we've got that for you. Coming up, first pitch tomorrow is set for 720. We'll have it here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So looking forward to uh, seeing if the Pirates can bounce back. So what do we got coming up? Tonight... We've got Lindsay Webb. We're going to get her on the phone here in the next few minutes. Uh, I call her Director of Fun. Her long title is Director of Marketing, Entertainment, and Media Relations for the Charleston Dirty Birds. Uh, the Birds, once uh, once we talk to their basically head honcho last week, we talked to the head honcho, and um, – They've now picked up four out of uh, – yeah, they're looking to pick up their fourth win in five games. Again, it's that, it's that rub you get from the show. I'm not saying that it's a real thing, but I'm saying it's a real thing. You get a rub from the show. So the uh, birds 
back in action. We've got Lindsey coming up. And then later on, Adam Williams is going to be in studio. We'll talk to him. He is joining the Marshall basketball staff. And, of course, you know the name because, uh, well, his uh, family sort of – there's some basketball royalty here. Uh, Adam, the son of Tax Williams, who, of course, is a uh, member of that Marshall Athletics Hall of Fame. So already you've got a nice pedigree going. I'm sure that uh, there are uh, things that he's looking forward to doing at Marshall and you're probably going to be excited to follow along with him because of the in-state history and the fact that, well, I think he brings some youth to the Thundering Herd, sorely needed. We'll talk to him. He's going to be in studio. And we'll do all that when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's been a couple of weeks, but it's time to welcome back to the program the Director of Marketing, Entertainment, and Media Relations. She's the Director of Fun. Lindsay Webb is with us. How you doing, Lindsay? It's Hello. been a while. I know. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I asked you yesterday, I was like, okay, what do we got planned for today? And you're like, me. So I was <laughs> I was ready to go. I, I knew this would be fun. Uh, how about those... Um, how about those Dirty Birds? We're looking to pick up number four and five. Uh, beat up the Gastonia Honey Hunters 7-5 yesterday. Oh, okay. Took a good lead. Lost it. Came back. I'm sure you were happy because that's entertaining baseball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, we saw some fans on social media yesterday saying that yesterday's game was the most exciting win. So, you know what? If we had to take... You know, if they had to take the lead for a minute for that to bring some excitement in, that's fine. That's fine, as long as we come out on top at the end. So what's happening this week with the uh, the Dirty Birds, of course? Uh, we've got uh, the team trying to um, win again. We like that. That's always good. But, of course, when we, uh, when we have you on, we always talk about all the fun things that are going on. Uh, today is a, uh, a winning scratch-off Wednesday. I just want to know about the Hawaiian shirt giveaway and where's mine. That's what I really want to Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think everyone's, like, wondering about the Hawaiian shirt giveaway. It is the loudest, boldest Hawaiian shirt that you have probably seen in a long time. It's really exciting. I think a lot of people really enjoy it. I've been, um, over the last couple games, kind of going out on the field showing everyone, like, hey, make sure you come this Friday. The first 1,000 fans are going to get this Hawaiian shirt for free. So everyone's been really excited about it. Feel good to get back at home. I know Ballpark was playing host to the high school tournament, so now the Dirty Birds are back, and you've got a pretty long homestand, it feels like, several games for fans to come out. Does it just feel good to be able to have ball games again at the ballpark and just enjoy it for a couple of weeks? Oh, yeah, it definitely does. When the team goes on the road, it's just so lonely around here. There are no fans in the ballpark. The players aren't here causing commotion and having fun, and we just miss it every time they hit the road. We're like, do you have to go on the road? Like, just stay here. But then it is a little nice little break for everyone to just kind of, you know, sit back and relax, and then we'll just do it all again when they come back to town. But they're back, and we have great weather, and that's all we can ask for. What do you do? You mentioned it's lonely there. What What are some of the activities in the office uh, at the ballpark when the team's not actually there? I mean, you had the high school tournament, so that kind of helped a little bit. But 
all in all, you know, when the birds aren't there, what do you do? Yeah, we're we're just planning for the next series, essentially. So we do all of our preseason prep in the off season, or all of our season prep in the off season, and then we kind of get it to you know that that pre um, prep, and then in season when the team hits the road, we're the front office is you know we're at our desk plugging away, making sure everything's all set for the next coming homestand for the next one after that and just that we're in good shape for the end of the season it's just kind of non-stop around here um so I think a lot of people they are like well what do you do like do you just get that whole week off when the team's on the road and I'm like no 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 <laughs> no we don't we definitely do not and our box office is still open when the team's on the road for people who want to come get tickets so you know our box office is plugging away at that and Everyone else is just kind of making sure everything's ready for the next homestand in their department. I love that question. Uh, you know, when the team's not home, what do you do? You know, it must be so <laughs> terrible or great just to not have anything to do for a week. Yeah, as if they really knew what happens in any form, any level of uh, basically sports, not the team level, just all the other levels of sports administration promotions everything that's not the game the team yeah yeah i'm like well i just work a normal nine to five when the team's on the road but when the team's in town i work nine to midnight (laughs) you know that's not bad we're talking 9 a.m by the way not 9 p.m 9 a.m midnight no 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 yeah and then right back at it again so um yep Lindsay's with us but it's i mean it's great the director of marketing, entertainment, and media relations. I've got to. I got to work on that. Oh, by the way, did you hear any of my promotional ideas from last week uh, that I, I threw out there? Did Did any of those get kicked up to you? You know what? They They didn't. They I can't believe that. To, have to film <laughs> I can't believe that. So, I heard that the Charleston Dirty Birds, the originator of the announcer on Helium. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I suggested next level put the umpire on helium. I love it. Can you imagine? We'll just mic him up and, like, you know, strike on helium. That would be great. I think that should happen here. You need to make that happen. So apparently my ideas didn't get kicked up to you, so I'm just going to have to give them all directly to you. But, yeah, I think that would be great. If And there has to be an umpire that would be game to do that. Just take the hit of helium and – call balls and strikes while on helium. Yeah, that might be a, ha- a hazard, though, because there's, it's pretty hot out there. I don't know. Luckily, our PA, we call him PA Pete, he's in the air condition, so you know we're not concerned about his safety when he's inhaling helium. But I don't know how, how well helium does on when, you're, when it's like 100 degrees outside. But you know what? I'm going to try that because I like it. Okay. We'll pick a quiet night. You know, that's it's going to be cool out in this nice night. Uh, sign a waiver. I mean, that you'll be fine. Just get the waiver signed. There we go. Yeah, our um, half-inning on Helium has been a huge hit with the fans. I mean, you just walk around the concourse, and every time he's announcing in that bat, you just see, like, kids are cracking up. We had one kid say, oh, Dusty the Dirty Birds announcing the players. And it's just it's hilarious. And we had to get it when we when we debuted it. We had to get it on the internet as fast as we could because we had already heard before the game was over from three other teams 
saying that they were going to steal our idea. So we're like, oh, we have to make sure that people know that we were the first ones. We came up with that. That was our idea. We don't care if you steal it, but everyone needs to know that that was us. Joining me, Lindsay Webb, Director of Marketing, Entertainment, and Media Relations for the Charleston Dirty Bird. So we kind of touched on what's happening this week. Of course, the game itself, we're looking to see if the Dirty Birds can get another win against the Honey Hunters. But we mentioned the Hawaiian shirt giveaway, but you've got the winning scratch-off Wednesday. Thursday, it's Dollar Beer Night and Charlie's Night. What's happening on Charlie's Night? Yeah, so the team actually takes the field wearing our throwback Charleston Charlie's replica jerseys. Um, and then as whenever we're announcing them, like everything is Charleston Charlie's as if we were the Charleston Charlie's again. So it's a really cool throwback. Um, it brings a lot of nostalgia to some of our older fans and they just really love it. So we do that every Thursday. And then on top of that, we have dollar beers. So you see probably a lot of, old school Charlie's gear that, that someone has had since they were a Charlie's fan back in the day. I'm sure you see some really oh, yeah. old stuff. Yeah, we love it. I love seeing like, you know, fans will come up and say like, this is a, this is an original t-shirt that I bought back at Wattpal Park um, back in the day when you guys were the Charleston Charlie's. And I just love seeing that kind of stuff. It's just so cool. Baseball is just like a really nostalgic sport in general. I just think it brings a lot of people together. And um, you, you know, we're in the business of making memories here, and a lot of people have really good memories of the Charlies. So we love bringing that to the ballpark once a, once a night. Lindsey Webb's with me, the uh, Dirty Birds back at home, and uh, a couple of other items uh, to talk about. Of course, um, we like to highlight the promotions because we've got the Mega Blast fireworks. Uh, what's the specialty jersey uh, item? What's uh, what's that look like? Yeah, so we partnered with Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Tri-State and um, created a really cool jersey that the team will wear on the field um, during our Saturday game. And then we'll auction those off on our Live Source app, which is an auction app that you can download on your desktop, on your iPhone, um, on your Android, and people can bid on those jerseys, and then all of the proceeds from the jerseys go to Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Tri-State. And then finally, you get the player photo giveaway that is coming up on the 12th, and it's also Faith and Family Night, so uh, what, what does that day look like? Yeah, so this season we changed our game times on Sunday. They used to be at 1 o'clock, but this season they're at 5.05. Um, the sun is starting to go down. It's a little bit cooler out, and you know people can go to church and then eat brunch or lunch and then come on over to the ballpark. Uh, so 5.05 game on Sunday, we have an Anthony Seymour photo that we're going to give away to everyone that comes in the gate. And then we have Faith and Family Night. Um, we invited a bunch of churches out, and they'll come out with their church and just kind of have a good night uh, with the Dirty Birds. My guest is Lindsay Webb. She's the Director of Marketing, Entertainment, and Media Relations for the Charleston Dirty Birds. Got to get that win against Gastonia tonight, the Honey Hunters. Uh, I'm not feeling their, their nickname, the Honey Hunters. I'm just not feeling it. I hate to talk trash about the other team, but I'm going to. I'm not feeling that. Yeah, they had – so they're um, a brand-new team. This is their second season in existence. And they have a really cool story. They um, – a documentary was made about them. Their owner is the 
I want to say only um, black owner in professional sports. And they just had a really cool documentary about their history of their town and just kind of where their name came from. So they have a really cool documentary. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but I strongly encourage people to go watch that documentary because it gives some really cool pieces of history behind their name. All right, I, I'll, I'll give it a second chance then. Uh, you, you've sold me on this. I'll go ahead and give it a second chance. The Gastonia Hunting Hunters, but the uh, Dirty Birds team, we are rooting for. I, I will say this, though. Um, I'm not really a big fan. I'll give Gastonia Honey Hunters a chance, but I'm not sure if I'm down with uh, the upcoming match against the High Point Rockers. Yeah, their their name, you know, is they're the so every name has a meaning behind it, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. So anytime someone's like, "Oh, I don't like their name," I'm like, "Okay, well, there is a story behind it." So um, High Point is actually the furniture capital of the United States of the nation of the world. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. All I know is that they're like known, known for making furniture. So they're, they are the rockers like a rocking chair, but your mascot's a rocking chair. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do poke fun at them. Um, you know, it's, it's all good. Fun, it's not, it's not something say, menacing like, like the blue crabs. I mean, at least the blue crabs, that's, yeah, that's a little bit more menacing than a rocking chair. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They also have their alternate mascot as a, a horse. So I guess like the play on like a rocking horse. Okay. And I think that one's fun. But but I think their main primary logo is the uh, the rocking chair. All right, we'll make fun of that next week. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, there we go. We'll make fun of it. We'll we'll, we'll let uh, we'll let Honey Hunter slide, and we'll focus our ire on the rockers. Ah, uh, there we go. My guest, Lindsay Webb, always down for some fun. I appreciate it. She is uh, officially the Director of Marketing, Entertainment, and Media Relations. She's basically the glue that holds that franchise together. And if you need me to say that loudly so others can hear it, I will. Yeah, next time Chuck's on, my boss, you can just tell him that. That, you know, that'll be great. (laughs) Good talking to you, Lindsay. We'll do it again soon. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. That's Lindsay Webb. More coming up. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday, June 8th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Um, I love the treatment I'm getting here these days because I'm getting guests in studio now. We used to do this phone thing. Now um, I'm getting in-studio guests, and I've got Adam Williams joining me. Just took the job a few days ago as an assistant coach for the Thundering Herd. How you doing, man? I'm great, Paul. Thanks for having me. Congratulations. Uh, I know a lot of people were excited when they found out that it was you that was coming because, of course, your name carries a lot of history here in West Virginia with your father you know, I know you're um, you're not trying to live off that name, but at the same time, you still have that legacy that's part of the family. You know, how do you embrace that? You know, knowing that, you know, a lot of people know who you are based on the history of your family. Well, I think it's something you got to be proud of. 
you know, my dad and all of his, all of his successes, you know, I was raised through that and I lived it, I guess you can say. And, and so the older I've gotten, the more people say, man, your dad's a heck of a guy that, that means more to me than the accomplishments, you know, just how people see my dad as a human being. And um, as I, again, as I've gotten older, I've come to re respect the career he's had and what he's done here. And, you know, my sister played here too, Paul. So it's just a really, it's a special place, Marshall is, for our family. And um, I've learned to embrace all the successes my dad has had as a player and then as a coach. And he, has a, he was a great example for me growing up and still is. The obvious question would have been why Marshall, but I think the background speaks for itself. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was a no-brainer for me. You know, I have a ridiculous amount of respect for Coach Dan and what he's done here and who he is and his background. But, you know, Marshall's Marshall. And I grew up 40 minutes from this campus and, you know, grew up going to watch Randy Moss play football and Chad Pennington play football. And I was there when, you know, Coach Donovan was here back in the day and watching those guys play, watching Jay Will play. So I've just been a Marshall guy growing up. And Dad started taking me to those games when I was young. And my earliest athletic memories are the herd. Now, your career has taken you to a few different places. So what – has that journey looked like as you've been trying to get back to probably get back to home and to be in a position you could take this job? Yeah, I've been all over, man. You know, every level, NAIA, Division II head coach, uh, low major. Uh, now, you know, I was at UCF. They were mid-major to high-major when I was there. I've seen it all different ways. And uh, I've mentioned this to a number of people since I have been back. When I left Kentucky as a player and came to Marshall, I think there was some maybe taking for granted how special Marshall was. And it wasn't anything Marshall did or didn't do at the time. I think it spoke more to how grand UK is. And Kentucky basketball, you know, I knew it was a big deal when I was 18, 19 years old. But I don't think you understand how big of a deal that is when you're in the moment living it and you haven't experienced anything else. And so I go from Marshall to Kentucky, or Kentucky to Marshall, get back here, and I still think Marshall's a sweet place. It's awesome for a guy to play in college. But I'm comparing everything to UK. And so through my journey as I've gone along and seen all these different places, I've realized that, I mean, Marshall's at the top of the mountain from fan support, financial support, people that care. I think the care factor here is as great as anywhere I've been other than Kentucky. And it's similar to Kentucky, just on a little bit of a smaller scale from a number of fan standpoint. Now, of course, we can't let you off the hook because you were at UCF for a while. Mm -hmm. We we don't like UCF. You know that. I know that. I'm you aware. You know that. Has, has that been brought up to you or am I the first one? Uh, it's uh, it's not been brought up since I've been back, so congratulations. You're the first person to bring that up since I've been back. All right, but street cred continues. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. You know, um, I had a really – I did have a great experience at UCF. I love Orlando. My wife is still in Deland, Florida, where Stetson is. Uh, Florida's a really, really nice place. But it's not home. You know, it's not home. Uh, I can say unequivocally the summers are miserable down there. <laughs> it's 95 degrees. As soon as you walk outside, you start sweating. Now, the people at UCF were great people, and I know that was a big rivalry. And when Coach Jones went there, there was a, that was a big deal. You know, I understand that was a big deal. But when I got there, I did enjoy it. You, I think at that time, the level going from CUSA to what everybody thought was going to be the Big East was the big deal. And you know how college sports have shaken out. I don't think people saw it coming exactly like it did. And hindsight's always twenty twenty. When you look back, maybe I'm not saying different decisions would have been made. That's not for me to say. But I do know that looking back at that time, you think they're moving into the Big East. 
that place has all the infrastructure to be a big time job. But I know there's no love lost between the herd and the, and the knights. I get that. Yeah, it's a fu- <laughs> it's a fun rivalry though. That's that's what makes it so great. Is because there's a school in Florida, mm-hmm. and here's Marshall in West Virginia, and the two fan bases and the two athletic programs just like getting after each other. I mean, of all of all combinations, Marshall, UCF, yeah, well, it made yeah. no sense, but <laughs> it does. Th- you know, I think that. Um, the rivalry may have been small, a little bit, n- not as much in basketball. Yeah. But then when Coach Jones went, man, that just, you know, talk about pouring gasoline on the fire. Yeah. That's what that was. And, you know, he did a pretty good job there. Got got those guys going there initially. And, and that rivalry, you know, it, it, I remember I saw the video. First time he came back here, I mean, oh, my gosh. that The cam was going nuts. And I don't think there were more people mad at Donnie Jones ever in his life as there were that day. That, that day right there was a tough day for him. I know that. Yeah, but uh, still, uh, you got to understand why these decisions are made. Mm-hmm. You know, people come, go, come back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're here now. Uh, I know Dan has talked about trying to bring some youth back to this team. What does that really mean as, in regards to – because Coach knows a lot about basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know a lot about basketball. What's the youth that he's looking for to maybe help – you know, move the program into the Sun Belt and move this program forward? Well, I think when you look at it from a coaching staff standpoint, you know, you want to have a well-rounded staff. And so, obviously, Coach D'Antoni's a little bit older, but the guy still has ridiculous energy. It's really a non-factor. But things are obviously different in 2020, 2021, 22 than they were when Coach played here, as they were when my father played here. And so I think when you look at somebody younger like myself or maybe even Corny, it's just maybe guys that can relate to the players in this time. You know, 12, 15 years ago, which it's hard for me to even believe I say that, but I was in their spot. You know, I, I was doing what they're doing right now, and so and I did it here. And so it's very easy. I mean, talk about where the guys hang out, what they do, where they eat. I mean, it's like you know, I'm living in the twilight zone, remembering those days when I played not too long ago. And somebody that can bring them in and talk to them on a – almost a peer level, but still as a mentor. I think that is where the age is important. Hey, man, I've been there. It wasn't that long ago. I'm not talking about walking up school to hill, you know, or walking uh, uphill to school in the snow and all that stuff, like those old-timer stories. This is real life that I lived just a couple years ago. Here's how I got through it. This is my advice. You know, this is what Coach Dan really means. And I just think speaking their language from a generational standpoint is what the youth is all about. Adam Williams joins us. He was announced a few days ago as a new assistant coach for the Thundering Herd. So you got to be excited going into the Sun Belt. Uh, you get an opportunity to come back home, coach the Thundering Herd. At the same time, there's an opportunity here. You have a new athletic director. You have a lot of opportunity for change, positive growth for the program. You know, where do you see yourself factoring in with this basketball team? Are, you know, are there things that maybe you've already brought that uh, you know, maybe Coach D'Antoni has uh, you know, thought, okay, that's a great idea, or are you at that phase yet where you can really start bringing some of these different things to him to maybe get him thinking in a different direction? Yeah, no, I, I think the biggest thing with Coach is, I mean, I'm just walking through the door here. I've been here with Coach a total of about three or four days. And so we're not quite to that point yet. Uh, It's more so me just asking questions. I think the number one thing that a good assistant coach does is make the head coach's job easier. 
Any good assistant coach, that's what you should be doing. You have to make the head coach's job easier. So that's my responsibility. How do I do that? You know, listening to coach what he wants, being a, a, an echoing voice in the program of Coach D'Antoni. And then I think the biggest thing that people talk about, you know, that gets the message boards going and all that, recruiting. You have to be able to recruit the right student athlete for Marshall. And I've had some success in the South being able to recruit Georgia, Florida area. And I have a lot of ties in Florida for my time down there. I've had three different stints uh, living in Florida. And so I think the ability to recruit the, uh, the Deep South is something that, that I could add to the staff. And, you know, we all have areas that we're, we're stronger at on our staff as far as recruiting. And uh, I know that I add that aspect to us. But a young guy with energy, get out there on the floor, individual workouts. You know, it's Corny and I now. You know, and, and I'll take his lead, things he's been working on, watch. And, again, you never want to come in as a new guy. Ideas are good. Giving coach ideas are great. But coming in and saying, oh, this is the way, coach, we – no, that's not it. <laughs> uh, you listen first and then you give suggestions. And I'm still in that listening phase to understand what coach wants. Adam Williams is with us. We're going to take a quick timeout, come back. We'll uh, wrap it up with our final segment. We'll talk a little bit more about the thundering herd. The fans want to know how the team looks. So, uh, that'll be the next question when we continue on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Wednesday, June 8th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I got Adam Williams in studio. He is uh, taking the position as an assistant coach of the Thundering Herd back at the Mountain State. He's home, and um, a lot of people, I'm sure, already wanting to ask the important question, how's the team look? So what can you say? What I can say is uh, I've seen very little. Um, I've seen one workout of the full team, and that was my, uh, I believe, first day here on campus. So I've had a limited view. I'm impressed with our talent from top to bottom. Um, I think that when you look at last year, last year's the first year that we've had in quite a long time without a returning lead guard. And so you had John Elmore who had a historic career here. Jared West had a very good career here. Last year, that team's trying to figure out what do I do without these two guys who have kind of carried the mantle for the last five years. And so a bunch of guys trying to figure that out for the first time. And then a bunch of guys that were are really good shooters just didn't make shots. And you're like, well, how, how does a good shooter miss shots? If they're a good shooter, don't they make them? Well, not always, you know. And I think we had a lot of funks last year, individual guys. And so the talent overall this year, uh, I like it. You know, I think that um, obviously having Kinsey come back is huge. Man, that guy is – he's as talented as any player I've been around. Uh, I've seen Marshall play on TV a couple times over the years and, and just seeing him in person. You know, he's a physical specimen and a really good basketball player. And I just think from top to bottom, the, you know, the talent, there's not a lack of confidence because of how last season ended up. And the talent is good enough to have a very good team. Also heading into a new league, the Sun Belt, what's your early impression of the new opponents that Marshall will be facing? Yeah, that's another great question. You know, <laughs> my head is still kind of spinning a little bit from, um, you know, taking care of home first, making sure my wife, my kids are good. I find a place to live. You know, I've, I've done what Coach D'Antoni wants me to do as far as with our guys. And so to be quite honest with you, I haven't really had a chance to, to dig into the new league. Um, I know it's going to be a very competitive league. I know there's some really, really good teams in it. From what I understand, and, you know, this just may be uh, – 
an estimate, but it seems like the fans are a little bit happier with the regional rivalries potentially and being able to drive to some games and maybe not quite like it was when we were in the MAC or Southern Conference, but but a, but a heck of a lot better travel than Conference USA. And so I know that, you know, Herd Country travels and excited to see the fans on the road this year. That'll be outstanding. You mentioned squaring things away with your family. I know this had to be a family decision before you took this position. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they seem to be on board with this. Uh, you know, how excited are they coming back? Well, my wife's a graduate. You know, she's, a, she's an alum, and we're both from St. Albans, which, again, is about 40 minutes up the road. And so, you know, you look at it, um, the downside, my wife just finished nursing school not too long ago, even though she has a degree from Marshall. And um, she was kind of getting settled into a new job. But luckily, you know, my bride understands it. She gets, she gets the coaching life and how you have to be ready to move at any time. And this was extremely unexpected, you know, this job opportunity. But when a place like Marshall that is, means so much to both of us, there really wasn't any hesitation. It's more of a, yeah, we're going to take it, but now we have to figure out, you know, the steps to make it happen. And so my kids and my wife are still down in Florida. I actually hop on a flight to go down tomorrow to see them. It's my, my daughter's birthday was last week, so have a little birthday party for her. But they can't wait to get up here. And I'm really, really pumped individually. My son is six, and he loves basketball. Take him in that gym say, hey, look, this is where Daddy played. This is where Grandpa played. That's going to be really cool for me. Joining us on the program, Adam Williams, he is in studio, the uh, hiring a few days ago. So I know probably in a month from now we're going to have a completely different conversation. But you know, what what do you expect after you, you listen for a while and kind of get a lay for the land? You know, what do you expect you know, your day-to-day to look like as you help bring this program forward? You know, I, I'm, you, know, you have experience in so many facets, so, you know, as you mentioned earlier, making coaches' life easier, you know, where do you think your role is going to be targeting, you know, as far as those things that can make his life easier? Right. Well, I think three big things come to mind right off, right off the jump. Number one, player-coach relationships. I'm the youngest guy on staff as a full-time coach. I have to be great with relationships with our players. Every single guy from top to bottom, I have to get along with them. I have to make them feel comfortable. They have to know I'm a guy they can come talk to. And I've been where they've been, and it's one of those situations where I have to be the office those guys want to walk into. They don't. They can't ever feel like, oh, man, I have to go talk to this guy. That can't be me. Okay, that's number one. Secondly, I think from an individual workout skill development standpoint, I have to be strong in that area for our program to continue to elevate. You know, any good program, what they want to do, you want to recruit young men, bring them into your program, have them there three or four years, and continue to develop them and get them better as they're there. And so I think there's going to be a lot of emphasis placed on that from my standpoint. And then the third thing I've already touched on recruiting. You know, we can talk about skill development all you want to, but if there's not something there to work with, it doesn't really matter how much skill development you do. So bringing in the right kids, developing them correctly, and then making sure when they're here, they can talk to me and I'm kind of that sounding board for them. That kind of would encompass, I guess, my role as a whole. And then once the season gets going, you'll have scouting reports and things of that nature. We'll all split up as a staff to do. But, you know, I've been a head coach before and I've been an assistant and I've been a video guy and I've been a GA. So I like to think anything that Coach Dan asked me to do, I can do and, and just make his life easier. That includes Transfer Portal. I know that's uh, something that yeah. coaches are still – some are struggling with, some are kind of getting the hang of – and it's still not going to be definitive what that looks like 
next season and the season after because it's so fluid right now. Yeah, the portal's really interesting. Um, I'm really for it. You know, I think the portal's a great thing. I think what it does is it really balances out college basketball. Maybe kids that didn't get the correct uh, look out of high school or they were maybe a little bit better and didn't get seen, it gives them, a, them an opportunity, if they're not happy, to go, to, to go somewhere else and leave. And, and you know what? My view, and you know, I'm not, I'm not speaking out of turn here because I'm not speaking for Coach D'Antoni, but how I feel about it, if a young man's not happy where he currently is, why would you want to keep him? You know, why would you not? Go, man, go, go be happy because life is too short to be miserable somewhere. If you don't like it here, if you don't like it somewhere else, go where you can be happy and live your best life, man. That, that, I think that is very, very cool. And uh, obviously I was a transfer and I had to set out and I wish I didn't have to at the time. And I love that kids can do that. And I love that kids can do the NLI thing and make some money for themselves. I think they're both wonderful things. Yeah, that's part of the, uh, the, the story you can tell these kids. Look, I've done this different way, mm-hmm. so here's how it worked for me and here's how it's working for you. Right, and, and, you know, I received a full scholarship here at Marshall, had my education paid for, not bitter by any means that I didn't receive any NIL money. I think that would be silly. But, you know, the world progresses. It doesn't stay in the same place, and I think we're silly to think, well, because we did it 20 years ago this way, it's got to stay the same. No, let, let kids, you know, go out and work a guy out or put his, his picture up on a billboard and make a little money. It makes life easier. Joining us on program, it's Andem- – <laughs> As I get choked up here, Adam Williams is joining us on the show, and uh, you're going to be uh, pretty busy here as soon as you get back uh, with uh, after some time with your family. And uh, I know a lot of Herd fans are excited to have you here and to see what happens with Marshall basketball. And, and I'm sure you're going to get all those crazy questions soon again: how the team looks, you know, you know what's going to you know happen in the fall, what's going to happen. Um, I know you got to be really excited here because this is uh, this is like a reboot for Marshall basketball in so many ways. Not for any specific reason, but going into a new league offers a lot of opportunity for a lot of changes that can be positive. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. New league. Um, you know, obviously I'm new, but the rest of the staff has had some continuity here and done a great job. I think anytime you're walking into a new league, you'd love to ideally plant your flag as we're one of the teams you have to beat. Uh, don't know if we'll do that quite yet, but I know that's our goal to do that, as any team would be. I love our talent, and uh, I'm just excited to get this thing rolling and have a chance to impact Marshall basketball in a positive way again. And of course, we got to get some rivalries started up. We have to we have to pick some rivalries. Uh, we got to make a few phone calls, right? Some previous schools you worked at, get them on the roster, <laughs> get them on the schedule, right? Yeah, I've I've heard from a, a couple fans locally that that I've been friends with and that have been friends with my dad. There's a, a couple schools down south that they would absolutely just love to play. So I don't know. We'll have to probably talk to Mark Klein about that. He handles all our scheduling. We'll see what he can get together. Just like, hey, Mark, uh, you know, you know, it'd be great to get UCF back on the schedule. What, what do you think? Can, can you work something out there? Yeah, Stetson, can you get them on the schedule? I mean, how would you feel going up against those uh, those programs? I, I know, yeah, there's um, there's a, a love for all the programs you work for, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you'd be going up against them, and that's kind of the, the thing I've always been amazed with coaches. Some days you have to go up against the program that maybe helped you get to a part a part your your journey. Right. Well, you know, UCF. I, I still have a love for UCF, and I have some uh, friends that still work there. But at the end of the day, you know, Donnie Jones is no longer at UCF, and, and he's really my mentor in this business and the guy that I played for and got me started. It has hired me three different times. And so as I like UCF, 
you know, I don't want to beat the pants off of them. Right. I don't want to beat UCF bad if we played those guys. Now they're really good. They're heading into the Big Twelve, but I really have I have an allegiance for working there, and I respect that school. But I think Stetson's a. It's not different, but it is. Still want to win the game. I'm at Marshall now, and yeah. I want to win every game we play. But you look across that sideline, and you see a mentor and a friend, and really the whole staff I'm close with, obviously, working with over the last three years. And so, you know, that game's probably more of an emotional game than would be playing UCF for me. Obviously, uh, a lot of her fans are happy to have you here, and uh, I'm sure we'll get you back here soon uh, because uh, it's great to do something like this in person again. Uh, it just feels different and better, and I'm glad that we're getting to do this, starting everything off because I think we all miss in person everything, including basketball. There's no doubt. I can't wait to get the crowds back, get the you know, Henderson Center packed. I know that when we were at Stetson this last year, our first year the crowd started building a little bit. Historically, Stetson hadn't had great numbers I'd say over the last 30 years, really. But before COVID hit, it was looking promising. And then COVID hit, and ever since then, it's just really been a struggle. And so I'm hoping getting into the Henderson Center next year, we got nine, ten thousand 10,000 people in that thing, and it's packed out and loud. And the fans matter. Every coach in the world will tell you those kids feed off the energy. The more people, the louder they are, the tougher it is for the other team, and the more juice our kids will have to play. We're out of time. Adam Williams, thanks for coming in. We'll do it again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for this edition. For our producer, Christian Palmer, we appreciate him for taking care of us today. More coming up tomorrow, same time, right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Huntington W231BS Huntington broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.